Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicNPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest is Jose R. Uzal, who is editor for El Latino Semanal and general manager for WBWP-TV, Channel 57 in Palm Beach County, Florida. Today we will discuss the expansion of the Latino Spanish-speaking market in Palm Beach County and the new media to meet their needs. Jose is a marketing analyst concentrating on the growth of Florida's Hispanic community outside of Miami and Orlando. The Cuba-born administrator writes a weekly column published in 17 Spanish-language publications in the United States about issues concerning Hispanics. Jose graduated summa cum laude from Barry University with a degree in professional administration and is the father of three grown children. Jose, welcome. Thank you. Very nice to be with you. Jose, absolutely. We're we're happy to have you and learn about the happenings in Palm Beach County. I know that there have been a lot of changes in Palm Beach County over the last few years. Absolutely. How long have you been in Palm Beach County, Jose? Since 1982. So you've seen firsthand. Literally firsthand the growth of the Hispanics. When I moved here, there were seven. To give you an idea, when I moved here, there were 70,000 Hispanics. Now that they are... 240,000. How did this happen? Well, two, two situations. The first is the migration from the Uni- around the United States, people that do not wish to go to Miami, Hispanics that have sold uh, properties up north and past sick and tired of the cold weather, they do not want to go to Miami, and they do not want to go to Orlando, so Palm Beach became the uh, choice because of the housing at that particular time was absolutely very uh, affordable rather than to go to Miami. Now things have gotten totally way out of hand in that segment, but that was one. The other one was people from Miami migrating towards the north and also from western Broward and so forth. So those two, those two flows of influx of people are the, the big things in addition to the ones coming from overseas, obviously, you know, the Colombians and the South Americans and the Mexicans and so forth. So oh. that's what he has brought this area, made it highly desirable, and brought a lot of people in here, a lot of Hispanics, especially. So if I understood correctly, you talked about 240,000 Hispanics in the county of Palm Beach. How many total residents live in the county? One million six. This is a significant number of people. Uh, yeah, we're 16% of the population at the last count. And where do you see that going? Uh, up. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just keeps on going, and primarily because neither the, the migration from the south or the north has stopped. But the it housing... It diminished somewhat, but it hasn't stopped. I was just going to say, but housing prices have gone up. So how has that affected well, the Well, you know what? It's, uh, it's interesting, but it's only a matter of uh, proportion, okay? The people that are moving down here from up north, Connecticut, uh, Massachusetts, uh, Michigan, and places like that, they sold the houses for a lot of money. And the houses, in, in comparison, still inexpensive here to what they are accustomed up north, where they came from. And they got, you know, they come in with good numbers, and they have... Uh, and also a lot of the Europeans from uh, Spain and uh, are bringing in the euros, and they're keeping this market uh, fairly fairly alive. So if we take into account the combination of Latinos coming from the north and perhaps Europe where the housing costs don't seem quite as expensive, and perhaps the others that you mentioned coming north from Latin America and uh, as well as from southern counties like Broward County, which is the next county south of Palm Beach County. Yes. And but you know what? It's really look at it the other way. It's the fact that the housing has forced people north of here, and that's what has populated Port St. Lucie, St. Lucie County, Martin County, and uh, Indian River County on the way towards uh, Orlando, the area that has not been filled for many years with Hispanics and now has grown tremendously in the last 10 years. Those are the three counties north of Palm Beach County. That's correct. That all of those people are fine as the prices in Palm Beach County increase, the housing prices increase, they are migrating more and more towards the north. They're still within driving distance of this area. To those northern counties? To northern counties. 
and that's what is provoking the growth on those areas. So, for instance, Port St. Lucie was, uh, was a very, very interesting phenomenon. Uh, people from Miami totally bypassed West Palm Beach and went straight to Port St. Lucie because in the last 10 years, the housing prices were there were very affordable. You can buy a very big house for $150,000. You can do it in Miami. So they just, the word got out and they were bypassing. How does that affect, for example, the Hispanic population in Palm Beach County and the media that serve them? Would it be the same media? Yes, as a matter of fact, the majority of the media here, and there are, let me, let me, there are 32 printed newspapers. I mean, printed media. I'm, I'm talking about magazines and uh, tabloids and broadsheets. And there are 32 independent. And now, at different stages, some of them last longer, some of them, you know, they've been around. Like the Latinos been around for 34 years. Uh, in the last five years, the Miami, no, the Sun Sentinel and the Palm Beach Post, both of them came with uh, local editions of that. But all of them, without exception, will distribute from Port St. Lucie all the way down to Boca Raton, which is the majority of the area that we're speaking of. Because, in other words, from Port St. Lucie, from St. Lucie County, Martin County, and Palm Beach County. Is that still the quarter million Hispanics that we started out with? Or no, are there... that's, that's more. <laughs> the quarter million Hispanics that we started with are located in um, strictly in Palm Beach County. How many more Hispanics would you say are in Port St. Lucie County? Well, I can give you the exact numbers. From the 2006 census, Indian River was showing um, 12,000, Port St. Lucie 40,000, Martin County 14,000. That would make a total aggregate in the area uh, close to 300,000 Hispanics on what we will call the Treasure Coast. How would you describe those 300,000 Hispanics in terms of level of acculturation? Because, of course, there's a lot of difference in the groups. Well, let me give you some numbers. Uh, 19, on, the, on, on an average, okay, 19% are South Americans. And the Colombians being the largest and the most dominant group in here as far as the economic uh, engine of the county. They are the ones that are opening the businesses and so forth and also Venezuelans, and that's only 19%. Mexicans, 26%. Central Americans, Guatemalans, uh, uh, Hondurans, Salvadorians, that's another 23%. Uh, Cubans, which were the large part of the population in the 80s, are down to 11%. And the Dominicans from the Dominican Republic, uh, 4%, and the Puerto Ricans that are coming down from Orlando, which was the... Uh, and, and New York are coming down, they're already up to 17%. In terms of acculturation, how does that, what kind of picture does that paint? You know, the people here tend to be part of the fiber of the society far quicker because there is a smaller um, support like in New York, like in Miami or New York City, where you can spend your entire life without speaking. So they tend to acculturize much quicker and pick up some of the contacts and the, uh, the way of doing things in the county. But nevertheless, a, a support net is developing rapidly, which means that the people that are there, they don't need to acculturize as, as rapidly as the ones that already, that they were here before. For the size of the numbers, I mean, as the numbers grow, the, the, the service is more, and they don't need to acculturize as quickly. The, the first Hispanic waves that arrived became integrated into the community. Very quickly. Because they had to. Absolutely. As more and more arrivals are coming and there's a stronger network, this process is slowing down and there's more of a support group that they can reach out to. Precisely. This also means, of course, the strengthening of the Spanish language media, right? Uh, yes, and I'll tell you how that, not only that we got 32 papers, but now there were, there were no FM stations in here and uh, two years ago. Now we got three. There are two radio stations. There is, we are the only Hispanic
Spanish station in Palm Beach County, but there is another one to the north in Martin County, and there's one to the west in Okeechobee County. Okay, so there has been a proliferation of, of media in the area. And there you know, the radio stations that come in from Miami and so forth, that, like uh, Radio Mambi and La Poderosa, that they are strong enough for the signal to reach you. And you also have a Spanish-language television station. Tell Absolutely. We are, like you said, we are, actually, we, got, we are the only one in Palm Beach County, WBWP-TV. We are the mega affiliate. However, there is another one Azteca has up in Martin County in the Indian River area in the northern part of the county, uh, the, the northern part of the region, I should say, and then one west of us from uh, Latin TV that is on, on the west part of town that they have, on the west county, Okeechobee County around the lake. It's difficult for the, uh, to give you a geographical overview, but they are well to the west and well to the north of us. We're the only one in the area. And that, and that is a, a, a function of barriers of entry, okay? It's very easy to put a newspaper, more difficult to get a license to have a radio station, even more difficult to get an FM station, and totally impossible to get a TV station. So that's how we become uh, one of the few. Just to recap, Jose, you said there are 32 independent print media publications, three FM stations, and two, one... Two AM stations. Two AM stations. Two AM stations and one TV station in this area and two adjacent to us, north of us, and north and west. Telemundo is the only one that reaches this area on the basic cable. Univision doesn't get here on basic cable. You have to have a, a full cable subscription. But Telemundo enters on a, on a basic cable, so everybody gets it. So people in the area have access to Telemundo through their basic cable, and Correct. then in addition to that, they have local information through your station. Correct. Okay. And we are primarily... We are geared, even though we are an affiliate of Mega, we are geared to be the local station, having local programming of interest. But you know that there's always been the problem with the local stations. We've been very happy that uh, Mega allows us to the degree of flexibility that other affiliates do not allow us, which is to develop a local presence, a local, local shows, people that... Uh, integrate the community and make them part of what we do. Let's go back a little bit, I think, to give our audience a, an idea of, first, the size of the area that we're talking about, because we've covered a very large geographic area when we talk about the counties north of Palm Beach County and then west. And Palm Beach County itself is a very widespread area, right? Correct. Palm Beach, uh, Palm Beach County is the largest county east of the Mississippi, in terms of land mass. So although there are there is a population of only 1.6 million people, it's a very large geographic area. Big problem. And, and so that, that must present some challenges for you from a programming and even from a reach perspective. Yes, absolutely. It's a question of we having a um, the ability through cable to reach all the way through it. That's problem when we were strictly on over the air station but now that we're on cable will we be we are able to reach the the two million people that are in the area from Indian River County all the way down to the border of uh, Palm Beach County with Broward. Now the big news from from the media perspective of course is that the station itself has been around for how long, Jose? The station has been around here for six years. We have been, actually seven, we have been a Spanish format for four. So at specific programming for the Hispanic community for four years? Absolutely. And uh, well, bought over the air. We are a low-power station. And it took that long to finally get to cable. But that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> now, in addition to being on cable, which is a new thing for you, you have developed a working relationship with a, a very large television 
program producing company, right? Absolutely. WSBS, would you tell us a little bit about that? Well, if, you know, we would we had a relationship with a very big company which was called Viacom through Tres. And Tres was very good to us and we're doing a good job with it, but Tres had three other channels on cable. So, you know, it became evident that we had to there were two reasons. First of all, the format was primarily for the Hispanics that spoke English, and we wanted to be 24 hours a day in Spanish. So we, we wanted to avoid the um, captions and try to do the translations of the Spanglish and so forth. And the demographics were a little lower for us. Um, SBS had a very good demographics. Mega has that delivery, a very good programming of aquaturization, and we were lucky to be able to establish a relationship with them and that brings out much better, uh, much better programming for our people. And you know, obviously, they're a very large company. We're proud to be the, with the largest Hispanic, publicly owned Spanish media company in the United States, and that helps both of us. We bring to the equation the fact that we expand their coverage area. They come through DirecTV, but they do not come through cable. So we are providing the coverage through the cable. And that's 24 hour. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We we are on the air, and yeah. we have been on the air 24 hours a day, seven days a week since the day we started. We haven't done any uh, any uh, three hours or anything like that. We have been at 24 hours, the 24/7 station all along. How did that change then? It was the change from English language programming targeting Hispanics to completely. 24 hours a day Spanish language programming, which is what you have now. Oh, it has been excellent. I mean, the, the reaction has been formidable. People are calling, and uh, obviously we have, we also have um, a lot of joint agreements with mostly of these printed media here, so the people know what we're doing because we exchange advertising with them. And the phone calls are going crazy, and the people are really, really enjoying the new programming. You know, Bailey and Maria Elena and uh, Paparazzi, that has got a very good, uh, it's almost like entertainment tonight, you know, good, modern, well-produced shows. Do you have a newscast? Uh, we have a local newscast, a small newscast, and then we pick up some of the feeds from uh, Mega. That's the important thing, that now that we can say, yes, that we do have a national newscast through Mega. What other local programming do you have? Uh, we produce a um, a show that allows the people to be it's a sports show with a twist that the people will uh, we go through the community and try to find somebody that knows how to be a, a sportscaster and they do the news when they win the slot after an audition. Uh, the other one we go to uh, it's a cooking show with the twist that we go to grandmothers that we choose from the community, and we go to their kitchen, and we do it there, and the grandmothers are the ones that tell us how to cook, whatever their special dishes are. And then we give, uh, we have a showcase for the local uh, music and talent, the local groups, but not a competition talent and all that. It's just an introduction and give them a chance to showcase what they have, plus the local news. How are residents responding? Very well, very well. They, 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 they know who we are. They, even, imagine, even as a low power, we were well known. Okay, we had the, uh, we were fortunate to have one of the highest grossing low powers in the country. Uh, that they were not on a major. I mean, mega. I mean, America TV does a great job down there, even though they're a low power, but they got a huge market within a market. Which, remember, our market is ten percent of Miami, of the Miami market, exactly 10%. There's 2.4 million Hispanics in Miami. There's 240,000 here. And our share of the market in terms of sales was almost 15%. So we are above what the, uh, what the market was doing in comparison to Miami. Which is, I suppose, one of the reasons that made you so desirable for SBS. Well, let, let's, uh, let's say that we, it was a mutually agreeable uh, <laughs> Uh, a marriage of convenience. What are your numbers like? And you share a little bit about that. Well, we are. We have been doing close to a quarter of a million dollars a year, which is very big for a um, 
for a low power station over the air. Okay, with local, we were blessed to have some of the advertising companies, more progressive advertising companies, that recognize the advantage of coming to a new area, and they had given us advertising, so that increased our revenue quite a bit. Now, being on cable, we expect to do, in the first year, five times that amount. By the second year, we'll be doing ten times that amount. Are you getting mostly Hispanic companies pursuing Hispanic customers? Are you getting mainstream and no, Hispanic? No, we, we use the same formula that we use on the newspaper, which is we sell the Hispanics to the Americans. That doesn't mean that we don't sell the Hispanics to the Hispanics, but primarily we sell the Hispanics to the Americans. We deliver the Hispanic market to the American companies and to the American advertising agencies and to the advertising agencies that deal with the American companies, I mean, Hispanic advertising agencies that represent the market at large. But, look, as a minority company, you have to understand that no matter what we do, we will always be a minority. That means that there is a majority on the other side. And as a marketeer, one needs to understand that, that if you can cross and grab the dollars of the 75% and or the 70% that wishes to reach the 30%, the Hispanics, that's what the money is. You talked about as a minority, is the station minority owned? Is it Hispanic owned? Uh, a big portion of it is. We are not. Uh, we are not 100%. We don't have full control of it, but I, you know, I own 40% of it. And the rest of the ownership is non-Hispanic? Non-Hispanic. Does that help you when you go to reach out to the community, when you reach out to Hispanics and non-Hispanics? Well, you know, ownership of minority is not what it used to be. Uh, the, the Being able to be registered as a minority company and all that, we see that in the paper more and more, that it becomes less and less relevant. The companies are doing business with you because you can deliver the message, not because... You are a minority company. I imagine that when it came time to get your license and get approval for the station, that must have helped in, in getting the paperwork through, though, right? Uh, not really. It, it was totally relevant. Once again, they, uh, there is a tremendous, there are certain things that we would like to be able to do, okay? We like to uh, think that we can get even, a, you know, go to a full power and so forth if we were Hispanics. And we're not. Okay, that doesn't doesn't mean a thing. Doesn't do a thing for us. Didn't help you at all. Not at all. I mean, I'm sure that it didn't it didn't hurt, but it, it wasn't it wasn't an issue. Okay, it wasn't an issue at all. Let's go back to the audience, Jose, if you would. We were talking initially about an audience in the Palm Beach County area, just to stay within a manageable number, of just under a quarter million. What percent of that, or what number, if you have the exact number, would you say are your audience, your viewers for the station? All right. Uh, using the it, using it 240, 16.7% are a Hispanic population. Okay. We have, that will be, that will make a number of about, I don't know, 70, you do the math, 20%, to 40, 50, 60. 60,000, people. We are right now reaching about 125,000 viewers a month. That's very high, isn't it? A month. Okay. So, but that's why, you know, people are getting results and we get the advertising. But it's a, uh, and remember that we're the only game in town. Do you see that? continuing for a while yet, or do you think that there's going to be some competition? Is the market no, no, large? No, the competition is already here. Is it? No, no, it's already here. We we will be, but but the competition that we have are the competition from Azteca, Telemundo, Univision, which do not move quickly and do not reach the local community as much. In other words, you're competing with the very large players in terms of independent stations right now. You still have the monopoly. That's correct. Where do you see this going? Well, with the uh, with the help of the uh, of the SBS as they grow, we and 
our viewership that we have, we can we see a uh, a more dominant force. I mean, I would like to I would like to see a Western expansion and trying to get another station on the other side. But uh, television is going more and more locally every time. I mean, you you see that in the uh, community at large. As the spectrum opens up, there are far more ways of delivering the product, so we would like to increase our local uh, production of uh, the amount of time that we do local shows and to reach even more and more and become and define the define the image of a local station and give them more of the local flavor and local news and local events and so forth. What percent of your programming right now would you say is local? About 5%. So 95% of your programming is coming from SBS? That's correct. And that is strictly a matter of, uh, that at this point, is strictly a matter of uh, it's an economic decision. As you well know, producing is quite expensive, so we are gradually increasing it as we go along. But the first thing is, now that we enter on cable, is to secure our position in the market and increase our cash flow and then increase consequently the um, the number of programs that we produce local when I hear the descriptions of the changes in Palm Beach County and how there are so many more Hispanics today than just a few years ago even when we look at the numbers that you shared with us at the beginning from 70,000 in 1982 to almost a quarter million today, it seems to me that there are parallels with many other communities across the United States, places that were traditionally not considered Hispanic and that with time have become or have developed Hispanic populations that stand out, places that traditionally did not come to mind, for example, oh, yes. Georgia, North yeah, Carolina. North Carolina, yeah. And uh, around the, the center of the nation, uh, Oregon, and then uh, down in Indiana, places like that, uh, Detroit, which you are, you know, the suburbs of Detroit and so forth, you see certain segments that where the Hispanics are growing, well, basically they because of they have been welcomed in Western Pennsylvania. Okay, that's one place that you go. What are they doing there? Like, <laughs> you know, remember that town that was in the news recently, Hazleton, that they were complaining because there were too many and they got into the anti-immigration kick. But indicates that there are a tremendous amount of people going there. And in a way, that is what's spurring the growth in many areas. Well, you remember that we, the demographics of the Hispanic population is that we are very young, and we are in the uh, childbearing years, okay? So there is not only the internal, not only the external growth of people coming in, but it's the internal growth in generating of the, uh, the young people having children and increasing and looking for the American dream just like everybody else, so where the white population or the Anglo population is not, is getting older, we are younger. And we will continue to be in the childbearing years for the foreseeable future. Do you think that the changes that are evident in Palm Beach, Palm Beach County and the growth in the Hispanic market is an example of what's to come in some of those other areas? Oh, absolutely. You will see areas that they will be fed by the same forces that are feeding Palm Beach County people moving uh, along the Sun Belt from coast to coast. You will see people in the center moving from up north and creating that kind of situation because, of, for instance, to give, you an, to give you an example, the Puerto Ricans are no longer the majority in New York City. Who is? <laughs> Some, all the other populations, but they're no longer... I mean, they got Russians, they got uh, uh, Eastern Europeans, and you know that that brings us to the point that you know when they're talking about illegal immigrants, uh, Hispanics are only forty six percent. Fifty four percent of the illegal immigrants come from someplace else. <laughs> you don't see that. You don't you don't hear that too often. Nobody talks about that. That's right. But uh, you know, they're, they're, we're not the only ones. We're the largest. 
and the most uh, and the most popular, but uh, there are tremendous amount of people from other parts, and those are the ones feeding. And I mean, like the Puerto Ricans in New York came down to Orlando and then left Orlando, and they're coming down here, or they will go further to other places, seeking the jobs and the opportunities and so forth. And remember, whenever there is a base of Hispanics, then then they can go in there and service them and create the businesses. There are areas with the 10, maybe 1,500, 2,000 Hispanics are there for the few years that they're there. They don't have, they can already buy uh, rice and beans, and all of a sudden some guy comes in and realizes that they need a store, and they open a store. So that's how it grows. You, you've mentioned a couple of times that there have been Hispanics coming down from the Northeast and from Orlando. What is driving them out of those areas, and why specifically? I know you talked about housing, but what else is bringing them to Palm Beach County? Uh, quality of life, proximity to Miami, uh, fairly, fairly inexpensive housing by comparison. Even compared to Orlando. Even compared to Orlando. And the traffic. I mean, Orlando is a huge nightmare with the cities where you get a much better quality of life than here in Palm Beach County. Orlando is New York City. For our listeners who are in some of these outlying areas, um, not necessarily Orlando or, or the Northeast, but some of those other areas that we talked about earlier that seem to be headed in a similar direction of Palm Beach County or similar to what Palm Beach County has had. What suggestions, what advice would you give to leaders in those communities who want media outlets and who want to help that growth along in a positive way? Well, it all starts with the newspapers, which are the easiest. Everybody has the right to open up and start a uh, and start a newspaper, uh, and then lobbying the FCC for allowing some more minorities uh, to join the ranks of the owners of uh, station ownership. And unfortunately, there is a movement towards consolidation of the uh, media ownership, which the people, the first people that get affected by that are the minorities, which, you know, big corporations buy all of these stations, what is left. And it's not easy to maintain that unless you happen to have good investors that control you. You know, it's very difficult to maintain that through the through the uh, formative years. The first two or three years that you have to build up, you need deep partners behind you to help you. Okay, so the leaders of those areas need to be lobbying the the uh, the FCC to allow more of that situation to happen, to put more minorities on more stations under minority ownership and encouraging and, and assisting and allowing that to happen. Because remember, they, there's going to be a big change coming in with the digital. Fortunately, it's also the broadband allows the people to reach. Perhaps minorities should be looking at uh, doing more blogging and more... Uh, uh, distribution through broadband. Hopefully we'll have a chance to talk a little bit about the, the changes in the television market, but before we do that, what insights would you share, Jose, with our listeners who want to gain a better understanding of small secondary or tertiary markets that are growing at a very high pace in terms you know, of Hispanics? That is it's a very, very good question. I'm glad you asked. Uh, the, the advertising agencies that control 80% of the dollars, the advertising dollars are here. They need to be looking at the uh, marginal markets that, that are filling in. The perfect example here in Florida, the advertising agencies will look at Miami and Orlando, and the DMA 38 where we are, which is growing, they don't seem to, to, to understand it. Fortunately, we have some progressive ones that are looking at, but that needs to happen. And they need to be looking as to where the people are going because they need, they are missing a great opportunity about reaching the Hispanics in those markets, so the, the, the growth that has been happening in there. Another thing is that they need to be uh, more mindful of the, uh, of the marketing trends 
in the areas other than the major markets. They all sit down, and it's much easier to go and look at Nielsen and pick up the numbers, and that's it, and miss all the other areas. What argument, if you were sitting in front of a room full of advertising and public relations professionals, what argument would you share with them to convince them to come to you? It's very simple. I mean, our people spend $19 billion, $1,900 million of buying power in this area. <laughs> that is a very powerful argument. And they're easier, since they are more concentrated, they are easier to reach than to go find out in the big market areas where you got you are competing with 600 other stations. Are they perhaps more eager than Hispanics in traditional Hispanic DMA strongholds? Uh, not necessarily. It's just that they got less choices. So consequently, you, you do have a certain degree of a captive audience, and they can measure and they can get the results much quicker. And these are people that consume just like everybody else. Would you hazard a guess, where is the market going? I know you said earlier, up. Can you, can you tell us a little bit more about up? Well, you know, the market is going up for two reasons. As I, and I'm talking about odd market in here. Okay? But let's talk in terms of the entire, the entire Hispanic market in the United States. All right? The most significant factor is that we are a young population. Acculturization will take place, but the roots are there, and they always will rather speak Spanish or to have uh, black beans and rice and eat the meals and listen to the music and all the other things, even though they might do it in English. It's still there. So that market keeps on growing. It's already been examples that we became the, uh, the largest minority, which in my mind, as a marketeer, it's a doubtful honor, but <laughs> nevertheless, in terms of numbers, we are the largest minority. And it's a minority comprised of very young people. Now, even if the immigration situation slows down, there are 30 million people inside the United States that are Hispanic origins buying a trillion dollars. Uh, as the, that's our buying power, uh, the, our, our aggregate buying power. That's why we are an economic block. We're not a political block yet, but we are an economic block. When people complain to you, why do, do I have to punch in for one for Spanish and one for English? It's because the companies want to make sure that they reach us. It's not us. It's them trying to get to us because that market is increasing. They're, how working increases go up, money, they are, their salaries are going up, they're making more money, they work two or three, the kids get older and they also contribute to the house because it's a much closer household. Okay, that increases the buying power, that increases the market. Our ways of doing things. And those are the things that need to be looked at. You know, when the Americans, when the kids grow, they go away. With us, they stay in the house and everybody contributes. Everybody works. Talking about kids, there's one medium that I haven't heard you talk about that right now is on everybody's lips, including those in the television industry, which is the Internet. What do you think about that? You know, it, we do not suffer of the digital divide as much as the black population will. For whatever reason, Hispanics are tremendously interested and great, very big users, and all the numbers bear that, of the Internet. And as the time goes by, they become more and more proficient of it. You don't only see that here, but you see that all over Central and South America. And the people that are coming over, of the not the ones that are sneaking through the border, but the ones that are coming over or trying to come over as, uh, in the, as uh, legal residents or they come as tourists and get a job and so forth, they come because they do have uh, computer, computer knowledge. 
that seems to be one of the areas where they really this is a it's a portable tray. It's something that you can carry from one border to another and can be useful everywhere. So that is something that it, it will increase, it will improve, and you will see far more distribution uh, through the Internet of the Hispanic media as well as electronic, print, and all of that will converge in the Internet. You will see more of all the convergence of all the Hispanic media like newspapers, radio, and television in the Internet through the broadbands in the Hispanic market. I've, I've heard those same numbers from a number of sources, researchers, etc., saying that Latinos tend to over-index in their use of technology, the Internet, mobile technology, computers, etc. One of the studies that I read most recently says that the general market has a very high index of people watching television programs online. Correct. Do you think that is going to be an issue? Do you think that in the future you will have an online presence and offer some of your programming online? Uh, without a doubt. It's a question of, I don't know if we were able to do it because of our contractual obligation. You know, every, every time that you are a, a local station and you're dealing with somebody, uh, the the big company is the one that reserves the right to distribute the programming through the internet. But that's there is a it's inexorable march towards the uh, internet. Everybody will converge there, and yes, we do have a very big presence on the newspaper. Uh, for uh, for the newspaper. For the newspaper, we we do have a you know where people are going around and looking at us and reading the different articles and so forth. And we get, you know, tremendous amount of hits. Would you say that your readership is higher online or in print? No, no, not yet. Not yet. Not, uh, not because we have an older, in the newspaper side, we have an older audience. And that newspaper, which is El Semanal. El Latino Semanal. El Latino Semanal has been around for 34 years? 34 years. How is that still around? Tell us about that, Jose. <laughs> you know, it started as a tabloid, black and white, doing it with cut-out papers and so forth. I mean, it was really, I have been, I have been associated with them through the years, off and on. So I can see, you know, I've seen them from the very beginning to where it is right now, which is a broadsheet, full color, and uh, a very nice coverage and concise. But we do, we're primarily a, uh, a newspaper that is advertising. We... We're very mindful of the advertising. We do not practice journalism like the way that the uh, versions of the uh, the Spanish versions of the Sentinel or the uh, Palm Beach Post, which are far more traditional way. Now we we are more we are a uh, we are an advertiser with some articles. Okay, we'll be a, a shopper. That's what I'm trying to say. One of the ones that put all the ads and so forth. And we try to maintain that, and we have found out that uh, keeping the uh, keeping the overhead low has helped us to survive through all these years in the large in front of large competition with lots of money. And we're doing quite well. Thank you very much. What's your readership? We got forty thousand right now. Very healthy. Well, actually, we published forty thousand. So you figure out. I can tell you that it will be around. Every newspaper is read by two people as a rule of thumb. So we're talking about a, the, the readership will be close to. 70,000, A very healthy readership in a market of a quarter yes, million. Yes, very healthy, and uh, we know because uh, a 75% of our advertisers have been with us five years or more. Now, th th this brings me to a question that so many people struggle with, which is when they're trying to approach a market, for example, the one in Palm Beach County, that is spread out geographically, that is very diverse in terms of country of origin and level of acculturation, the language and preference. How do you start? What What is the most efficient way if a customer comes to you and asks you, Jose, which is the right vehicle for my product or service? How do you help them make the right decision? We, we help them. Look, it's the lowest common denominator and spreading the things that they, each the radio, the TV, and the newspaper, each one has its own audience. They really, even though we like to think they overlap, they don't. The 
unemployment or they're looking for a um, a car, the basic things, okay? They go to radio to be entertained while they're driving. And television, they want more information deeper. If you, the person that is reaching the market needs to have a mix of the three mediums in order to get, to reach a, a sizable part of the population because not everybody does everything at the same time. Now, that was one of the reasons why we wanted to include in the mix in this area a TV station is because it allows the, the market, it allows the merchants to increase their income, to do better because now they have an ability to reach the widespread audience that it was limited through radio or only to newspapers. Traditionally, many people believe that if you want to reach the highest level from an income perspective of Latinos, that you want to reach out to them in English because they tend to be highly acculturated, English-dominant, or bilingual. Would you say that is the case in Palm Beach County? No. I will tell you, not only in Palm Beach County, but in the United States, I will tell you that that's the dream of the advertising agencies, to be able to have the Hispanics reach the level of the Irish or the Italians, uh, that they all speak English and that they can sell you spaghetti in English. All right? <laughs> that is what eventually will happen years from now. We're nowhere near that. Even the people that are perfectly fluent in both languages will use Spanish as a dominant language and they will like to be entertained and to be enlightened on the nuances of the language that they understand. All right? Now, there is a very solid place for the Hispanic media in Spanish. Do you that, I'm not telling you that there that is, has not changed and that there is a significant growth on that area as far as just going English only, but no, that's more of the advertising agencies wanting to, hoping that that will happen and trying to expedite that, putting ads in the uh, major networks with Latin flavor. You will see that. Do you have any numbers, for example, in terms of the percent of your market or the percent of the market in Palm Beach County that earns a luxury income wherever you want to mark the line? Well, the situation here differs Miami in the sense that we mirror the population at large, the, the demographics at large. We go from the brutally rich, like the people that, the fan holes that own all of the sugar industry, okay, and all the way down to the guy that picks tomatoes in uh, Indian town. There is no, no particular group, no particular neighborhood, no particular area that they all congregate. There are certain zones where you might find a large amount of stores and so forth, but very small, very widespread. So you cover all the demographics. We groups. cover we cover all the demographics. We're very cognizant of that. How <laughs> we do. They will they will go down and they will find out where the nightclubs are. Now, obviously, at the at the owners of the sugar mills are going to come down to uh, to a nightclub in the, in West Palm Beach, hardly. But that decision is so significant that we can market to everybody at large because then they pick and choose what they would like. Do you have any idea what the breakdown is? I think a lot of people think of Palm Beach County and certainly Palm Beach, the island, as wealthy enclaves. But, of course, the county itself has all sorts of levels. That's correct. If you There, there, there is an inside joke here in Palm Beach County with uh, you only see a map east of 20 Mile Bend, which is on the way out to the Glades and to Pahokee, and the western part of the area, which is very poor and very... Uh, uh, very significantly different than the county on the east. Uh, the enclave of Palm Beach, that's a total, that's a world unto its own. However, amazingly enough, while we were over the air and we were getting counted the phone calls that we have in the petition line, we have a request line, and that's how we count the numbers. So people were requesting phone calls, and all of a sudden we find out that the majority of the, we were getting, not the majority, but a very large number of people calling from the island requesting uh, requesting uh, songs to be played on the, on the uh, TV. 
it turned out to be that they were the maids and the gardeners and the, <laughs> the help that they were there watching our channel in the island. What percentage of your audience would you say that represents? Uh, about, I would say somewhere between 10 to 12 percent. And the rest? Uh, the rest are the locals on this side of, uh, of the uh, of the intracoastal and on this side of the railroad tracks. The suburbanites and the people that are moving out and they have good jobs and well, they got businesses and so forth. Small business owners? Yeah, and small business owners, people that work in the, uh, in the service industries around here and so forth. Very good. Thank you, Jose, for joining us today from West Palm Beach, Florida. Hey, thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure to uh, be able to discuss these matters of great interest with you. I'm at your assistance, and any time that you would like to be misinformed of anything, just call me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And to our audience, thank you for listening to Jose R. Uzal, who is editor of El Latino Semanal and general manager of WBWP-TV Channel 57 in West Palm Beach, Palm Beach County, Florida. Brought to you by Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicNPR.com providing you essential information on America's largest minority. Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicNPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at HispanicNPR.com. That's editor at HispanicNPR.com. For information on downloadable audio recordings about Marketing to Multicultural Kids, presented by Michelle Valdovinos, who is Senior Vice President of Phoenix Multicultural. Hispanic Perspectives on Advertising, presented by Liria Barbosa, who is Research Director of CNR Research. The Changing Latino Landscape, presented by Cesar Malgoza, who is Managing Director of Latin Force Group. Best in Class Hispanic Strategies, presented by Carlos Santiago, who is president, and Doreen Allen, who is managing partner of the Santiago Solutions Group. Segmentation by level of acculturation, presented by Miguel Gomez Weinbrenner, who is senior consultant of Cheskin, and many other downloadable presentations. Visit our resources section at www.hispanicmpr.com backslash resources backslash HMPR hyphen products. That's HispanicMPR.com backslash resources backslash HMPR hyphen products. Or click on the resources button at the top of the HispanicMPR.com website.